Do you want to learn how to remote view? Now is your chance. The International Remote Viewing Association is offering eight weeks of remote viewing classes instructed by my friend Michelle Freed. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity starting Saturday, September 3rd, 10 a.m. Pacific. The course is only $150, and for members of the IRVA, it's only $110. Just visit irva.org slash events slash registration to sign up now. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Tonight, my guest is Robert Homrich. Before I bring him on, I want to tell you about how you can protect yourself from harmful EMF radiation. The phone, computer, or tablet you're using right now to watch this video or listen to this podcast is emitting harmful EMF radiation. EMF radiation is scientifically proven to interfere with many physiological processes in the body and harm us in many ways, most especially the brain and nervous system. Children's brains absorb more than twice the amount of EMF radiation than us adults, which means it's important to not only protect yourself, but your children. Check out EMF Harmonize. They offer protection for your phone, computer, or tablet and routers. I have one on my computer, my cell phone. I've already noticed a difference. I'm not feeling as groggy. I'm sleeping better at night, and I have more energy during the day, even after spending hours in front of my computer and near my phone. And now you can also get these awesome bracelets. They offer the same protection as the strips. The products were created by a mechanical engineer with three decades of experience in EMS and telecommunication. Just use the link below to check out EMF Harmonized and protect yourself today. Also, subscribe to Forbidden Knowledge News on LBRY.com. It's our official backup channel. You never know when they're going to pull the plug here on YouTube. We also have a brand new show called Beyond Classified. It's exclusively on Rockfin. Rockfin is an awesome new platform with an amazing content creators that are already there. You can check it out. People like Jimmy Dore, Charlie Robinson, Sam Tripoli, Leak Project. Some amazing shows are already there along with us, and it contains all the stuff that you can no longer hear on YouTube. Also, you can get your tickets to Forbidden Knowledge News Con 2021, April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, with 12 amazing presenters. Uh, just visit ForbiddenKnowledge.News to check out this year's awesome lineup and get your tickets today. Finally, I just want to thank all of you that have made donations. It is much appreciated. It's because of you that we're able to keep bringing you these amazing guests and content. Tonight, I want to welcome back to the show Robert Homrich. He is author of the book, The Vitruvian Code, The Secret Anatomy of Washington, D.C., and its connections to the ancient mysteries. He's creator of the podcast, Stranger Than Fiction, which focuses on the occult and conspiracy theories, and Epic Proportions Media Productions on YouTube. Robert, thanks for joining us again. How are you doing tonight? Chris, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I'm doing well. Awesome. Yeah, we always have good conversations, and... Um, Last time we spoke, since then, so much has happened. And with with everything that happened last year, I was hoping that more people would have kind of pushed back and resisted, said, no, we won't close our businesses. No, we won't wear our masks. We're going to live our lives. But now we're living in, you know, the worst sci-fi movie 
that never ends, it seems. Uh, the world is going to have this experimental gene therapy forced on it under the guise of a pandemic, um, among plenty of other dystopian agendas being forced upon us. Um, and I know you saw very early on that there was something major happening last year. Did you think that we would see it get this far to where we're at right now in this amount of time? Well, um, yeah, I kind of did, honestly. Um, I, I was hoping for a little bit of pushback, too, but it seems like that's just something reserved for online. It doesn't seem to happen in the real world as much. You see a lot of people pushing back online, but that's where you're not going to get any results. you got to do it in the real world. And people are just, uh, I don't know, acting in fear or whatever, but, but they're not doing it. So, But, yeah, I... I I did see it coming. I've been seeing it coming uh, for since I published my book, I've seen the direction we're heading in. And it seems to me, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people that are just not wanting to face reality of, of where we're going. And I, I think that's a big part of the problem is, you know, people want to just pretend like everything's going to be fine. Oh, we're going to go back to normal someday. And I just don't think that's really the case. No, I agree. I don't think it is either. And, you know, we already have this kind of lulled sense of normalcy after this new election where we're not hearing any major stories come out of the media. The, the propaganda against the president isn't happening anymore. So there's this kind of like false sense of, oh, look, you know, everything is all right since we've got Sleepy Joe as president. Um, and I think that's going to continue. But um as far as him staying president, that's something that I'd like to discuss, too, because I don't think he's going to make it long. It's like a weekend at Bernie's as president, you know? <laughs> what right. you, what? Well, he, he's the oldest president ever, and, um, yeah, at 78, you, you definitely you don't expect a second term from him, definitely. Right. Um, but, but, yeah, that whole election fiasco was uh, something else as well. Uh, we, we can kind of get into that one, too. But um, as far as the, the the whole circus that's been going on that seems to be dying down now, well, that's because they, they they did it. They successfully got their man in office. They got Trump out. Although it, it, it's all it's just as staged as any WrestleMania. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. But mission accomplished. There's no need to continue with the, the circus when uh, you've accomplished your mission. So that's where we're at. Yeah, I'm glad you said that it's, you know, it's just a show, it's just a circus. I think that that's a good place to kind of start with um, how our government really works and how both sides are just really working for the same bosses um, and how our country was essentially founded as a free, uh, free Mason, uh, a Masonic country. And, um, you know, most people don't put that into consideration um, with some of the earliest agendas that were occurring uh, when our founding fathers came over here. And on your first appearance, we discussed your book, The Vitruvian Code, which I highly recommend everyone go and check out that one. Um, but even our founding fathers, they had our, their own hidden beliefs and agendas. And I'm not saying Freemasonry is bad, but they were Freemasons, and this country was built under Masonic ideals, right? Oh, absolutely. It's like I, I said recently, um, you know, regarding the uh, election fraud allegations and all the craziness going on in government, that it, it really shouldn't come to any surprise that 
to, to people uh, that we're, we're heading in the direction we are. When you consider how this country was actually founded, this country was founded. I mean, you know, you, you talk about insurrection, you talk about revolution and all these things and how you're, we're watching all these people going, uh, you know, facing 20 years for storming the Capitol building. And, and, and you're totally negating to, to, to look at the, the fact that this country was founded by a small group of war criminals. And when you think about it, what this, what, how did this country really get founded? How did the government get this power? Well, a small group of war criminals decided to get together and say, hey, we're going to create a government. And we're going to limit this government because we don't really have the authority to, to actually empower it. So we're going to limit it. And somewhere along the line, government kind of took over and said, no, we're going to empower ourselves because now you've given us the power to do that. And so, but it really all started with a small group of war criminals. So the fruit of the labor of this nation should come as no surprise that we've got all these criminals in office and we've got all these criminal acts going on because it's been criminals from the start. Yeah. Um, yeah, if people, if more people would kind of realize that, I think uh, that's that's a good place to start for people that uh, are interested in the real history of our country. Um, now, when you look at, at Trump, like you were saying, um, I, I, I totally agree that you know it's it's all part of the show. But do you think he was controlled opposition, just kind of put there to uh, further divide the country and, and sway us in a certain direction? Oh, absolutely. I said it from the start. He was there to divide the country. I've been saying it since day one, since before he got into office, that, yeah, he's one of the club. And now you got to consider, what is the club? How do you get in the club? Who are the people they, they recruit for that club? Obviously, you don't get to the level that Trump is without being in the club, okay? He's a, he's a, a billionaire. He's a builder. A builder, hello, that's your first clue. The Freemasons are builders. Um, and so, he, I mean, he, he's, he's had bankruptcies and he's bounced right back into his billionaire status. Um, and so, and, and I mean, let's not overlook the fact that he's, you know, his, his show, The Apprentice. Let's not overlook the fact his involvement in the professional wrestling industry. He, he's a total puppet. He's an actor. I mean, it, it's like I say, politics. There's a reason they call it a political arena, just like they call it a wrestling arena. It's because these two entities are operating under virtually the exact same mechanics where you have the illusion of opposition out in the public arena. But then you go backstage and you find out these guys are all buddy-buddy with one another. So it, it really is a puppet show. It is all staged. And, and yeah, I mean, Trump is he, – he's he's been – groomed for that position and i've been saying it from the very beginning that he's just there to divide the nation and he's done an exceptional job have we had a more polarizing president in office in history i don't think so no you're right he was definitely the most hated <laughs> in modern history but he was he's also he's also the most loved i mean on the right. flip side there's two sides of that coin you're right yeah he's, he's he's got some of the most dedicated followers who are still and denial that he's no longer in office. Yeah, that is that's true. He was definitely polarizing, to say the least. Um, but that's another sad part that I want to get into. Um, one of the uh, byproducts of the Trump administration was the um, 
QAnon PSYOP. I want to get to that in a minute. But before we stop talking about um, how your book, The Vitruvian Code, kind of ties in to what's going on today, ultimately, I think that one of the main messages I got from, you know, the overall, um, I guess, message from what they're trying to tell us through the symbolism of Washington, D.C., is that basically we can't take care of ourselves. They have this divine right to rule mentality, and they are going to kind of exert their power over us no matter what. And these kind of symbols kind of spread over Washington, D.C., just kind of tell you that it's just like a a massive spell that we're under, that, um, you know, we're under the guise that we have to be taken care of by these people. It's funny that the words you chose to say that like that, that what all these symbols are trying to tell us, because what the symbols are trying to tell you is absolutely nothing. The symbols are there to tell you nothing. That's the problem. And, and of course, you're not going to learn about it in school. But yes, you hit the nail on the head. Exactly. And that's what my book was trying to lead the reader to the conclusion of without actually drawing the conclusion for you. I wanted you to decide for yourself. I wanted to present you with the evidence and let you decide for yourself. But ultimately, when you look at these symbols and you see what I've, I've uh, shown in the Vitruvian Code, you really, all the, all the pieces are there and you really can't deny that the city of Washington, D.C. itself was designed specifically for, with the intent of putting people under a spell. It is literally occult sigil magic just like the sigil magic we find on the dollar bill. And it's no coincidence that it's literally showing the same thing you have on the dollar bill with the pyramid and and the all-seeing eye. And, I mean, it's all laid out in Washington, D.C., along with occult magic uh, imagery, um, particularly the sigil and D.I.A.M.S., which is probably best known through the works of of John D., who is a... um, an astrologer and uh, a cultist and, and all that in the, the uh, court of Queen Elizabeth I. So a lot of occult symbolism going on there and what it all really points out to, and I explain it and break it down in detail in my book, The Vitruvian Code, how it, it's literally an occult magic spell. And it literally has all of the components that you will find in a typical occult magic spell. And in fact, the, the, when you lay it out and you, you break it down and you lay out these symbols in Washington, D.C., it, it, it shows basically it's essentially chaos magic. And one of the, the intents of, of chaos magic is to actually depict the magician's desired outcome. And it's depicted right there in the design of Washington, D.C. And when you look, what do you see? But I don't want to spoil the book too much, but you're also ultimately what you're seeing is the blindfold being pulled over the eyes of the people and basically putting us into a sleep spell or, or charm us, if you will, if I can use that term, into just not really being interested in politics, not taking any action or, you know, being involved in it in, in any way. We just kind of let it rule our lives. And now so, we, yeah, that's... He, and it just, that's, that's what the Vitruvian Code is all about. It's about breaking down this spell. And then when you look at the world today, and now I basically started bringing this uh, information to the world. Ironically enough, kind of told, went over this uh, on one of my previous um, 
uh, appearances here on the show kind of started to break down that, you know, I, I started putting these pieces together specifically on December 21st, 2012. And I started revealing it to the world shortly after I first made a big drawing, I entered it into an art competition, and then I eventually ended up writing the book. And all this happened between 2013, 2015. And since then, it's almost like a spell has been broken and a lot of people are really waking up. Now the Mayans spoke of the apocalypse. Well, I, I don't know if it was necessarily the Mayans, but a lot of people drew the conclusion that the Mayans were pointing to an apocalypse on December 21st, 2012. And it would appear that that has happened uh, when you take into account the original meaning of the word apocalypse means an unveiling or disclosing of hidden knowledge. So, that definitely has happened, and since then, we're seeing a lot of people waking up to the reality that the government is not there to serve you. Um, and so, here we are today, the emperor has no clothes on, and people can are starting to see. It's almost as if maybe I was right, maybe there was a spell, and maybe it has now been broken, because I published this book, I put this information out. When you, when you think about um, how magic works, particularly illusionary magic, um, it's like when you saw your assistant, when a magician saws his assistant in half, you, you know, you kind of marveled at it. Of course, you know it's a trick, but you, you know, until you actually learn the secrets of the trick, it can fool you. But once you do learn the secrets of the trick, it no longer works, no longer fools you, you can see through the illusion. And I, I, get the, I get the feeling that, you know, maybe I was right. Maybe this whole thing was a big spell, and now it no longer has a grip on the minds of people. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And do you think this level of occult magic practice is still occurring within these high-level ranks? And if so, it, it must be so corrupt now. I mean, it, as if it wasn't corrupt before, but I mean, the level of corruption must have grown in these years, especially in these occult sects, wouldn't you think? Without a doubt, it still exists, but I don't think it can grow any more corrupt. I think they can only grow in numbers. I don't think the corruption itself can grow because, like you said, it's corrupt. It's already corrupt, and it, you know, how, how an apple's either rotten or it's not. Once it's hey, rotten, right about it's that. rotten. It's not going to get more rotten. It's it's rotten. So I think that's kind of the situation we're seeing there. But definitely, without a doubt, the, the cult magic is still at practice. Um, See, the, the thing is, a lot of people don't realize what magic really is. And I think that's something that's important that we need to get into here for this, this discussion, because yeah. what it really comes down to, and, and the, the best tool of their magic is simply words. Now, and, and this traces all the way back to the Bible. And you can read about how the fallen ones came and corrupted our language at, at the Tower of Babel. And that's why we, when we're speaking nonsense, we're babbling because it's based on the Tower of Babel. And it's through these words that the government has its power. I mean, like I said, you know, at the beginning of the show, you know, how did, how did our government get its power? Well, a small group of men got together and decided we're going to create a government. And they did that with words. And our, you got to think about what words really are. Words create a reality. Every part of it, our philosophies, our, you know, every law, it's all written in, in, in words. And, of course, laws is, is its own little can of worms to open up because 
it's the manipulation of these words that gives them their power. And when you can control the meaning of words, you can control reality. And so when you start looking into the to admiralty law and the terminology of admiralty law, you start to see how it ties in with everything with, with their control. And you start to learn, you know, all these different words that are based around around water. Like, for example, like just with, with birthing a child, it's a, a, a childbirth. It's like when a ship births its cargo and B-E-R-T-H versus B-I-R-T-H, but they're both birthing. And, you know, you think, you know, it's all done through the navel, which, you know, navel, it's another another one of those terms. And, and I mean, we can go through countless examples of how all the, the terminology of, of, of childbirth is, you know, you have you, the child comes through the birth canal. I mean, there's so many just different words relating to that. When a, when a woman goes into labor, her water breaks. And it, it all ties to admiralty law, just like the banking system ties to ties to that. You know, what do you have at the side of a river? You have the bank, you know, you have the, the cash flow flows like the currents of the sea or currency again it, it all ties into this admiralty law that's where they get their power and when you read the book of revelations you start to realize that you know you, you read about how the the three-headed beast rose up from the sea well that sea is the sea of admiralty law and that three-headed beast is the empire we're currently ruling under and if you go to the vatican you're going to find a big obelisk sitting right there in the middle of their their complex if you go to uh, the financial center of that three-headed beast uh, london you're going to find a nice big obelisk and if you go to the military center of that three-headed beast which would be washington dc once again you're going to find that obelisk that's the three-headed beast they're speaking of in the book of revelation and i think a lot of people are starting to finally wake up and realize that you know satan is not a man satan's a beast Satan, Satan is the beast system, I should say. And so I think people are really starting to realize that, you know, all the events recorded in, in the book of Revelation, they've already happened. And it's through this word, word manipulation, they've already gotten people to take the mark of the beast and take the number of the beast. People just don't realize it because they did it in such a clever way that even the most devout believers would be deceived. And I hate to burst your bubble, but if you you think you haven't already taken the mark of the beast or the number of the beast, I think you need to rethink that and figure out what your legal name actually is and what your social security number is. Because without these things, you will not be able to trade or conduct commerce. So Yeah, talk a little bit already... of, talk a little bit more about that. And it does seem like, you know, the book of Revelations has kind of like been a playbook for this. Um, you know, you mentioned Apocalypse, and we're in this mass unveiling right now. It, it does seem like we're kind of living through Revelations as a playbook, you know what I mean? Well, you have to realize Revelations began in Sumeria. Many people are still, that's the thing. And that's one of the things I went about in my book, because you got the pyramid pointing to these stars in the sky. One of the stars it points to is Kochab, which literally means waiting him who cometh. And the, their goal is to always keep you waiting for the return of the Messiah. And obviously be, that's going to be preceded by the Antichrist. But the idea is to keep you waiting for him so that you won't ever realize that he's been here since the dawn of recorded history. Now, 
it's it's a really I mean you got to consider that when 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 John of Patmos wrote the book of Revelations he couldn't just come out and say hey your government is the spawn of Satan because they obviously they would have killed him. he had to he had to encode it he had to he had to use um, the cryptic imagery that you get in Revelations to tell that story but what he was trying to tell you is exactly what I just said think about this now what is government and what's the difference between a government and a religion well what's a religion well in order to have a religion you first have to have a belief in a higher authority and the religion of government and i hate to break it to y'all but government's a religion and when, when you really start looking at it it had, meets all the criteria of a religion it does have its belief in the supernatural uh higher power authority and we call that authority government they have their own priests. We call them judges. They wear their black robes, They're, and they'll sit and they're on their bench in their black robes and conduct magic. And they'll do this word magic, mind you, through the use of what they call in the legal world a straw man. The reason they call it a straw man is because and if you don't know what a straw man is, that's basically essentially it's your your legal name, but it's really any legal fiction. Any, and by legal fiction, that's anything that exists only on paper or in the mind. It doesn't actually exist in the real world. Like, for example, uh, borders. They're not real. There's not really a line on the land. It's just this idea in your head that makes it real. So that's what a legal fiction is. And in the legal industry, they call that a straw man. And it is with that, that straw man that, okay, well, the reason, let me say this first, the reason they call it a straw man is because voodoo dolls are typically made out of straw. And that's how this judge, this robed priest, will sit on his bench and, and I'm using their words, summons you to appear before him. He will summon the living, living spirit to appear before him. Now, people don't appear. They're, they're just there. You, you know, but, and then obviously the word summons is another one too, because that's how you, you call a demon or a, a, a spirit. So we've got our, our belief in a higher authority. We've got our priests. They also have their clerics. We call them court clerks. Okay. And just generally in any religion, you're going to find um, codified texts uh, with commandments. We call these, these commandments in, in this religion, we call them laws even though they're not technically laws, they're statutes and codes. But again, they're codified just like just like when you when you read the the, the book of numbers or whatever in, in uh in the Bible, it's the same thing. Uh typically in religions you have um you know they're hallowed hallways and marbled structure, you know, they're big cathedral temples and all that. And and, and in this particular religion we call them courthouses or city hall. Um, in fact, these courthouses even have pews, just like a church. You, you compare a church to a, to a courthouse, you, you're looking at two, you know, two birds of a feather. They're the same thing. You, you've got your pews, you've got your choir box or jury box, if you will. And um, so at the end of the day, you need to start to realize that government itself is a religion. It requires your belief. And of course, they even have their tithing. They even have their tax collection plate, just like a religion. It has all the components of a religion. So you start need to start to realize 
that the government itself is a religion. It's not just any religion. It's that three-headed beast that rose up out of the sea because all governments came from admiralty law. So you start to break it down, you start to realize that, yeah. And you have to realize also that governments have been around since the dawn of time. In fact, if you read, if you if you want to take it from the Bible's perspective, he, the, he, in Revelations, he speaks of how the angels, how, how the how basically, uh, I guess uh, Lucifer was the brightest angel in the sky, and he was cast down to, cast out of heaven down to the earth. And um, he, he's not saying that's a future tense thing. He's saying that in the past tense thing. And if you actually look, it, it's actually astrological. And what he's really pointing at is how you know you got the, the earth spinning on the on this axis, uh, which is called the precession of equinox. And, uh, and one of the side effects of this this wobble that the Earth has is we have it, it, it takes hundreds of thousands of years, but over time our pole star will shift. And once our pole star was um, Thubin, which is another one of those stars the pyramid points to, and that literally means the head of the serpent. And so it, it's a part of the constellation Draco, and that is the big serpent that he's speaking of and he when he's speaking about how he was once the center of, of the heavens is talking about the, the pole star and how he was cast out of heaven well he's talking about how that pole star went from being southern and, and eventually shifted over into polaris now that would be michael the archangel michael this all happened thousands of years ago Okay, we're we're well beyond the point where where Southern was is the pole star. We're now we now so obviously that that demon has been cast out, and uh, the book's telling you that he was cast to Earth. This all took place long before recorded history ever began. You have to realize humans have been walking this Earth for at least a hundred thousand years, but our history only goes back. 6,000 years, what's up with that? Well, what's up right. with that is we built civilization up many times before and it's crumbled down. The Great Pyramid is proof of this. We don't have the technology to duplicate that today, so how could that be there from the dawn of time? How did we have that 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 knowledge at the dawn of time that we're, we're still not caught up to? And not to mention some of the, the, the astrological um knowledge that they had at the dawn of time we're now just catching up to as well so how did we come from out of nothing to being so advanced only to get dumbed down and have to work our way back up it's like it's like nasa saying you know we we lost that that technology and it's a right. tedious process to build it back up kind of one of those things well the reality is we've we've built civilization many times and it keeps getting crashed down and each time this system is recalibrating itself um, into what we get to what we're at now. I mean, it's been a gradual process, um, yeah. but it's been going on since the very dawn of time. And you have to realize the book of revelations, that whole period of tribulation tribulation is exactly what we've been experiencing since the days of Samaria. That's what it's really pointing to. The whore of Babylon, that's the United States. Well, it's, it's society in general, but particularly the United States kind of exemplifies this, um, 
this whole thing. But you got your three-headed beast. It's all there. It's all telling you what you're witnessing, what you've been witnessing all along. It's all right there. You just have to know how to see it. Check out our friends at Linquistity Gifts. Linquistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. You can even get a tarot reading. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. Linguistitygifts.com yeah, I want to go back to what you were saying about um, government being a religion. Something else I see turned into a religion is technology worship. Um, I also see like an inversion of morality, up is down, uh, bad is good, especially you know when you watch TV or, or movies or any new TV shows, anything on the media, it's kind of implanting these new messages, especially with the transhuman agendas. Uh, is this something you're seeing as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, there, there's obviously the the devil. I hate using that term because it makes me sound like a religious fanatic, and I'm not religious at all. But I use it for lack of a better term. I could, I suppose, I could right. say the beast system, whatever. I just don't. When I say that word, I don't want you to use put that in the context that this is a, a a living man or some sort of an entity. When it's not, it's an idea. It's a philosophy. It's a system, but when I say that, that it's all about inversion, like you said, you know, the, the inversion of morality. Obviously, you want you they want to keep us in these low frequencies. We're so much easier to control as long as we're we're vibrating in a low frequency, and so the best way to do that is to invert morality, and so that's that's the whole goal behind that. And then when you, when you get to the, this technocracy and all that that we're seeing now, it plays its part as well because, like I said, you know, you talk about the mark of the beast and the number of the beast and how these, you know, you have to realize this has been going on longer than the Social Security Administration has been around. It started with the name itself, the legal name. And the surname, they call it a surname. It's a surrogate name. That, that's, hello, that's your first clue right there. It's a surrogate name. But they've been, they've been refining it over time. And now technology is going to play a key role because technology is finally catching up with the agenda. And so while you may have already taken the mark and the number of the beast with your legal name and your social security number, it will be refined into something electronic and something more uh, technological, but it's going to be the same thing. It's just going to be a different method of, of control applied. The same idea, same concept with a different method applied. And as far as some of the agendas we see rolling out that kind of go along with all this, 
Um, I see the mask mainly as just a compliance nod. It dehumanizes, reduces empathy, it affects your health, and it's ultimately uh, a sign of obedience, the ultimate sign of obedience, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. You hit every nail on the head. I mean, when they do these things, they generally have multiple functions, multiple goals tied to them, and you hit them all right on the head. It's it's about obedience. It's it's about actually weakening your immune system. Um, everything you you touched upon, you didn't miss anything. You didn't miss miss a beat on that one. So I mean, I really don't have anything more to add. You, you nailed it with that. Right. It's obedience. It's ridiculous, and, and I'm I'm amazed that that one is actually flying, and people are actually going along with it. I well, now you have to double mask. <laughs> you have to wear two now. Well, I've I've managed to get by without, and I, I mean, right. I have a philosophy myself, and I wish more people would adopt it. People need to realize these these retailers and all these people that are imposing, you know, whether it's a travel agency or whoever, whoever is imposing this on you, you got to realize they need you more than you need them. And I just said this about Facebook as well. It's like you get banned from Facebook and you, you, you need, you need to come to realize that, okay, what, what's Facebook really telling you? Well, we don't like what you said, so we're not going to allow you. We're not going to allow ourselves to exploit you by selling your data to third parties, private third parties. We're not going to, I mean, it's just, the idea is ridiculous that you don't, you need, it's like you talk about inverting everything. Well, now suddenly the, the server becomes a master. And with, with regards to all these businesses trying to impose their will on you and force you to wear a mask, well, they're doing it because the governments can't. And the governments know they're not going to get away with it because at, at this point, people know the government, their power is limited. Their power actually relies over the corporations. So that's where they're actually, they're kind of correct in, in their, their strategy here and they're imposing their will on the, on the corporations who will then impose their will on you. And what you need to realize is these, these corporations need you more than you need them. And so anytime somebody says, I need to wear a mask, I, first of all, I just say, no, thank you. And I just go about my business. And if they want to escalate into something more, then it's like, fine, I'll just go about with my business. And guess what? My business will no longer involve you. I will vote with my dollar. And if right. you're going to try to impose on me, then guess what? You lose a customer. I don't need you. There's other places I can go. You need customers. Without customers, you're nothing. Without Walmart, I'm still a full, complete man. So you want to play this game, we can play this game, but I don't need you. And... You're, you're here to serve me, not the other way around. So let's get that straight. People need to wake up and realize this. This is where this is going to be the downfall of our civilization if we don't wake up right now. Right now, we don't. There's no time to sit here and figure this out or wait another hundred years or fifty years or twenty years. It's time now to take back our sovereignty, or it's yeah. gone forever. I agree. Um, we've let this go on way too long already. Um, I mean. I was going to bring this up later, but do you think that uh, a revolution, a physical, where we get up off our asses and actually storm the Capitol, a revolution is the only answer we're going to have to, to, to change this? I really don't see any other answer. I'll be clear. I'm not, I'm not condoning. I'm not saying that's what you need to do. But, yeah, that's what we need to do. It's the only way. How else are we going to do it? Um, 
you got a thief in your house at night. What do you do? Do you sit there and just, you know, right. do you ask, do you, do you politely ask the thief to not steal your things? Does that work? You know, do you, do you just sit there quietly and wait for him to go away after he takes all your stuff and leaves you with nothing? Or do you get up and, and punch the dude in the face? You hit him with a baseball bat. You take your gun out of from under your pillow, whatever. Yeah, that, the only way to fight back is to fight back. Right now, they're asking for a fight. They want to fight. They're ready. They've been preparing for a fight. But at the same time, you need to realize we've got these little clues that are t- kind of chiming humanity in. Like, for example, the story of the, castle, uh, the, the Capitol. Personally, I think that was a staged event. But it does kind of bring home, drive home that point that we do have strength in numbers. And if that doesn't, what recently happened on Wall Street is a yes. sure sign. Yes. We have strength in numbers. So they can prepare for decades till the end of time to make war with us. But we've got the numbers, and if we unite, we can defeat them so easily. What are we waiting for? Yeah, I agree. That is um, probably the only answer we have to actually get up and and revolt. And more people, you know, you need to start by just saying no, you know, in the first place to, to some of these draconian measures. Keep your business open. Don't wear but the that mask. only works on an individual level, and we right. need something to work at the collective level. That's the problem. You can say no, and that's what I've been doing. I've been fighting this battle on an individual front, and it's me against the world when I do it, and it sucks. I still, I still stand my ground, and I generally come out on top, but it sucks to have to fight this alone when it'd be so much easier if I had all of my friends backing me and supporting right. me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um and uh, I think that's, uh, you know, this is a good way to get people to first off realize what's happening and then second, do something about it, you know, and we need to take that second step. Um, I want to go back to, we were talking a little bit about the transhuman agenda and how it's taking off. We have Neuralink, biological integration with AI is on the horizon. Um, now, for the purposes of being on YouTube, I'm going to call it experimental gene therapy that they're wanting to shoot everybody up with. Do you think that that's part of this transhuman agenda, especially when you see Bill Gates giving TED Talks about um, a vaccine to reduce people's spirituality or the God, get rid of the God gene or whatever that was about? That's really concerning. I mean, you know, and he's the, the vaccine poster boy, and this is happening now. So you think that's all well, connected? What, what we're really witnessing is the planned obsolescence. If you don't know what planned obsolescence is, I suggest you look at it. This is why you have to buy a new cell phone every couple of years. What you're really looking at is the planned obsolescence of the human being. You know, we've outlived our usefulness. At this point, we're more of a liability in the minds of the government. You know, they, you know, how much, how many billions of dollars to, uh, you know, countries for, for gender studies, but yet, you know, we can't even show out two grand for our own people to survive through a, a crisis that we created and overreacted to. And, you know, it's obvious they don't care about us and we're obsolete. They can do their factories with machines now. What do we need all these people for? All these mouths to feed, you know, they're just a burden on us. We can, you know, we can get rid of them and, you know, we can live immortally in these machines and obviously. You know, you talk about these the trans transhumanism and how they can they're getting to the point where they're going to eventually be able to put, you know, your download your your consciousness into a machine. Well, don't think that's something that's going to be reserved for you and me. That's something for the elite. That's not something for the everyday man. They're not going to have that. The everyday right. everyday man 
is going to get a box, uh, a little wooden box. And, you know, if, if, if we're lucky, we'll get one to ourselves, but they're probably going to pile us in, you know, five or, five or 10 into a box and bury us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very concerning what's happening there. Um, and then last year, amongst all the madness, we had this false hope psychological op, uh, QAnon thing, which to this day, I'm, you know, it's, it, it infuriates me the amount of people that kind of fell into this and gave people false hope. And there are still people who are, you know, dead set that Trump's going to come back as president or some ridiculousness like that. But I think that's just a perfect example of, you know, the psychological warfare that can go on on top of a psychological warfare op, you know? Well, again, the idea, it always comes back to this. This is one of their staples. It's one of their trademarks. The idea is always to keep you forever waiting him who cometh. doesn't matter if it's the, the Christ or if it's, you know, JFK Jr. coming back from the dead to be Trump's vice president, you know, whatever. The idea is to, as long as you're waiting, you're never acting for yourself. As long as you're waiting for that Savior, it's the same thing as, as waiting for Christ. As long as you're waiting for someone to come save you, you're never going to save yourself. And especially if they can implant this idea that you're not even capable of saving yourself, which they did they did marvelously with religion. They, they In fact, I mean, it's most people will, will condemn you for even thinking the possibility that maybe you're your own God, maybe you're your own savior. They'll, they'll condemn you. You, 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 don't, you don't have the power to save yourself beyond your, 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 your ability. That's the idea, to instill this mindset where we're all helpless. We need someone to come save us, whether it's Trump, whether it's, it's Jesus, whether it's JFK Jr., whether it's Q or whatever. The idea is always, to keep you waiting because as long as you're waiting you're never acting you're never delivering yourself from these problems yeah i agree um it's just uh it's it's still like so frustrating to see that even you know friends of mine that i know are still kind of holding on to this hope that uh we have a savior but you're right it's it's this need to have a savior and not look at ourselves and and take care of ourselves and take care of our own problems. Uh, we always have to have this savior figure doing it for us. And I think that's, uh, that's the way they would love to keep us. And they are, I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're doing a magnificent job, uh, at least with the majority. But again, I think it's getting harder and harder. Like I said, I think uh, 2012 was really a catalyst and, and people started waking up. Now I realized that correlation doesn't, equal causation so you can you can read my book and decide for yourself if that had anything to do with this mass awakening and the veil being lifted and the emperor being uh naked now you know you, you can decide that for yourself but the fact is there is an awakening happening and and the veil is being lifted whatever the cause may be people are starting to realize that the system has been rigged against them all along and so the government knows this, the elites know this, and they know their time is short. And so they've been preparing for this, but now it's getting down to the wire. And so they are starting to panic a little bit and they are making mistakes. But the problem with that is even with all their mistakes, even with all their panic, they're still way more organized than the people 
and they're still their plan is still coming off without a hit. Everything is going exactly according to plan of what they want. And you, you know, people might think, oh, the little guy won on Wall Street, so you know that's we're turning things around. You're not turning anything around. Their plan is still going forward, full momentum, just like they planned, and everything's coming off just like they planned. We're not changing anything because even with all the mistakes they're making, even with all the sloppiness, they're still a thousand times more organized than, I hate using this term too, but for lack of a better term, I'm going to say we the people. They're way more organized than we are, even in all their sloppiness, even on their worst day, they're still, and that's why they're winning. We need to get more organized ourselves and counter these, these measures. Will that happen? I don't know. I, you know, personally, I, I think we, as a, I th- at this point, I think it, we're kind of hopeless. I mean, I think, you know, we, we see, you know, things like, you know, this Q phenomenon, and I, I think that's just a, a sure sign that we're hopeless. And the elites are looking at it and loving it. They are just laughing. In fact, they're feeding that fire, and I know they're feeding the fire. Yeah, and one of the things that kind of made the, the QAnon thing, um, I guess, somewhat believable in the beginning was the indictments and the few arrests that started happening and we saw promise of you know all these sealed indictments that all these um, elites were going to be going down and the cabal was going to be taken down and we started to see like a few arrests here and there a few things happening but then nothing ever came of it um, and I don't think anything will come of it I don't think we're going to hear another peep about any of those do you? The thing, the thing is, you know, when these arrests start happening, things like Epstein start happening. People start suiciding themselves right. in situations where it would be impossible for them to suicide themselves. And then, you know, on top of that, it's kind of very reminiscent, reminiscent of uh, 9-11 and how, you know, Pentagon, the Pentagon is one of the most protected buildings in the world, yet we don't have video of a plane hitting. And um, lo and behold, we don't have video of Epstein killing him. So it's funny how the video always ends up missing. You, know, you, can't, yeah. you can't rob a liquor store without being caught on eight videos, but the elites can pull off whatever they want and not a trace of it will be caught on video. So there, it, it's obviously an inside job. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I think that one goes without saying. I don't think anyone's questioning that at this point. Um, but Epstein's another good one that I think is really starting to wake people up and you know, realize that you know, the system system's not going to fix itself. It wasn't designed to fix itself. It's just designed to prolong it and keep going and, and running around in circles. And that's what it's going to continue to do. And now they're even talking about adding a third political party. Like, that's going to help. Yeah, right. I know. Now, I'd like to get your thoughts on we just had the... Uh... Illuminati Super Bowl, um, and there was a lot of talk about the halftime show. I don't know if you've even watched it, but I did watch the halftime show just to see what it was all about. And man, it, it did appear that there was some some messages and symbolism going on there. Uh, did you have a oh, chance no to see it? Actually, you know, I, I used to do that. You know, just just I used to watch it just for the sake of analysis. Then I started to realize, you know, even even if you're just watching it for the sake of analysis, you're actually participating in it. And I realized there's a thousand other people that are doing it and giving their analysis, too. So I didn't really feel it was that important. So I actually didn't watch it this year. Um, it's been probably a couple of years since I actually did watch it just because I'm, 
I really don't want to see, I don't want to feed that fire anymore. I don't want to feed those flames. I want, you know, I don't think that I need to watch the Super Bowl, and I don't think it's going to make any difference if I do watch the Super Bowl and point out all the symbolism and, and all the ritual that they're, they're performing in these things to other people. I don't think it's going to make a lick of difference. So I, I don't see a point in investing my energy in that anymore. I think more a better way to invest my energy is what we're doing right now, simply talking and pointing out the illusions and how they work. Uh, rather than actually partaking in their their ritual, because you know even even the people that and, and I appreciate what they do and all that, and I, I used to do it myself, you know, partake in that ritual just for the sole purpose of analyzing it and letting people know what they're actually partaking in. But at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just helping fuel it when I do that, so I won't do that anymore. That's a good point. Very good point. Um, now we've heard a lot of fears of you know. China attacking World War Three, but I personally think that this is we're in the new world war. It's a war against the people. Oh, I don't think sure. we're gonna see, you know, these physical wars anymore. I think it's silent wars that are occurring. Uh and it this is the way it's gonna be from now on. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're exactly right. Warfare changes over time, you know. There once was a time where our men would line up in neat little rows in brightly colored outfits and shoot right. each other, but that's for a different convention. And it continues to change because that's how, how war evolves just like anything else. And that's how you keep the upper hand on your enemy. And this is a, an information war. It's a spiritual war. This war is for your mind. And so fortunately, that, that, there, there's a fortunate side to that because if it's a war for your mind, that means most people out there are safe because they're not using their mind anyway. So they're safe. It doesn't matter. But for the select few of us who do, if we've got to be on alert because we are under attack big time, and that's where we get these little psyops. That's why psyops is the new the new end thing for the elites because it is a war for the mind. It is a spiritual war, and that that's why we get things like QAnon and we get all these these mind fucks. You know, they're they're. they're you always keep him, keep him forever waiting. Him who cometh, keep him always guessing. Never, you know, I mean, never able to do anything. Uh, never being able to anticipate the next move. Or, you know, it's funny how many people just like at, at the the days before the inauguration. How many people? I, I just I had to like take a break from social media because I, I real you know I'm looking and everybody's just like kind of sitting there holding their breath waiting for what's what is wrong with you people? It doesn't even it, it doesn't even first of all if you knew the truth, the government doesn't have any authority over you whatsoever except for what you give them. So anything they do, it doesn't really have any authority over you. Why are you holding your breath waiting on what how this little circus is going to turn out when it has no real bearing on your life unless you let it. People need to learn how to defend themselves against uh, bureaucracies and, and they need to learn their true value, their true power. And you need to realize that the United States government is and always has been since its very inception been nothing but a bunch of war criminals. So the fruit of their labor should come as no surprise either. Yeah, and I think that is a perfect note to end the show on. Now, if people are interested in uh, looking at your book, The Vitruvian Code, uh, they can get that on Amazon, right? 
correct. Yeah, just uh, just type in the Vitruvian code, B-I-T-R-U-V-I-A-M, the Vitruvian code. Just type that into uh, Amazon. It'll pop up. You'll probably find some videos on YouTube that have surprisingly haven't been de- deleted yet, but I think that's just because I, I uh, kind of keep it on, on, a, on a low profile. It never right. really went viral, which, you know, that that's something that I, I want to point out, too. It's funny because you got all these different programs on like the History Channel and all these different. They love to look at the mystery of Washington D.C. They love it, and you know the Masonic connections and all that. And there's a million different programs about them all trying to decode Washington D.C. Yet when you when you look at the work and, and what I put in my book, there's no denying that I pretty much hit the nail on the head with the Da Vinci drawing and how it all ties together and everything else that ties into that that whole thing and it's amazing that people like the history channel and stuff they they won't touch it they'd rather just go on continuing like the, it's not been resolved there's, there's there's still a mystery and so i think that's your first telltale sign that's your first clue that everything i'm telling you is legit and it really helps to authenticate what i've done the fact that the information i have is so powerful and you can't deny you can't look at it and deny the power of what I, I presented and yet it hasn't gone viral. So that should tell you a couple things. One, it's accurate. And two, there is very much a conspiracy to keep this type of information down and they're, they're doing it in full, full force. Definitely. I would have to agree that is being suppressed. And uh, I highly recommend everyone check out the um, first show we did. It's a complete presentation about the Vitruvian Code. I'll actually leave a link to that in the description so you guys can check that out. And Rob, thank you so much again for coming on. We'll have to have you back on again soon. Chris, thanks for having me again. It's been fun. Awesome. Until next time, everyone else, have an excellent evening.